we have talked a lot about hardship and how the devil will use hardship to try to push you away from God. We've talked a lot about that and how to be on guard against that and know that hardship is coming and to be, again, on guard against it, ready when trouble comes, to come out and meet it and and stand your ground when the devil comes at you in that way. And But whether it's hardship or whatever it is, you have to know that ultimately the devil wants to separate you from God. And it's not really about using trouble. It doesn't really matter what he uses. He'll use whatever works, but ultimately he just wants to create as much distance between you and God as possible. We talked last week about pressing closer to him. And as you press closer to him, you will better hear uh, from God. And you will be, put yourself in a better position for him to use you just by coming closer to him. We talked a lot about that last week. And, and for those of you in this room, uh, you know, that, that see someone be used by God in different ways, God, and know that God wants to use us all in, different, in a different way. He wants to use all of you in some way. But to do that, he needs you to push closer to him. He needs you to push closer to him. If he hasn't revealed to you what he wants to do with your life, how he wants to use you, you're not close enough, come closer. The Bible says that God is no respect of person. Like God doesn't see this person over here and think that there's something special about that person. Oh, I'll use this one and not use that one. No, it's about who comes close. The Bible says if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. It's as simple as that. If you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. God is up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and if you wake up and talk to him, he'll talk to you. There's, there's a couple of people uh, like that in this room. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to call names. We have, we have some guys who like to talk, some young, some ladies here who like to talk, and they'll, and they'll talk to anybody. They don't discriminate, uh, and, and you don't even have to start the conversation, and I'm not going to call names. If you just get close to them, they'll start talking to you. And, 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 and you can be black, white, young, old, get close to them and they'll start talking to you. And God is that same way. God is that same way. God doesn't care. Whoever's up at six, he'll talk to you. Whoever, whoever bothers to step closer to him and push closer to him and become intimate with him, if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Okay? And so... Again, we've talked a lot about trouble, and the devil will use trouble if that works on you, ultimately, to try to push you away from God. But there are some of us that trouble doesn't work on. There are some of us that if the devil comes at you with a bunch of trouble, you'll just pray more. You'll just buckle down and tighten up and get even closer to God. And so for for some of you... Trouble doesn't create distance between you and God. For some of you, it's the opposite. It's good times. Good times create distance between you and God. When you feel like you don't have anything to pray about and when everything's okay, when the refrigerator's full and the bank account is too, and and, and you don't don't talk to God. Uh, When the the examples that it gives, and, and Jude is saying, 
I, I do as I write to you, Jude says, I write to you. I want to make you aware. And look at the examples he gives. He gives the example of the children of Israel who are in wilderness, but God is taking care of them. When they get thirsty, the Bible says that God, God let water come out of a rock. When they were hungry, he let bread fall from the sky. And so God was lavishly taking care of them. This was not an excessively hard time. God told them which direction to go. They knew which way to go. He knew, they knew ultimately where they were going to. And when they needed something, God just provided it. And so in the midst of that, they still drifted. The devil didn't push them. This was, not, uh, this was not a hostage situation. The devil didn't use excessive force. He didn't throw a whole a ton of trouble at them. Even in good times, manna was falling from heaven. They still drifted. Water coming out of a rock. They still drifted. It uses the other example of the angels. The angels being in heaven, the, uh, the Bible says they left their estate. They left how close they were with God. And, and the Bible says that there was war in heaven. War in heaven. Heaven was divided. And there was war in heaven. The angels weren't facing hard times. They just, they drifted. They drifted. And, and it's crazy because there are those of you in this room that nothing pulls you away from God like good times. Like good times. And, and, and the Bible uses the term, it uses the term in Hebrews 2 and 1. It says, be careful not to drift. Hebrews 2 and 1. It says, be careful, be careful, be very careful not to drift. And the crazy thing about drifting, it uses this terminology, and we've talked about this before. It uses the term drift because life is like being on the water. Life is like being on the water. And so if I go up to, whether it's Lake Murray or Myrtle Beach or wherever, if I take a little, a little small boat or whatever, and I set it at the, in the water at the, at the coast, if I set it in the water and I walk away, 10 minutes go by, it will not be there. And a storm didn't come and take it away. A hurricane didn't come and, and drive it far from the storm. But just in the natural sway, just the natural sway of life, it just gets further. It'll come in and then go this way. It'll come back in and then go further out. And just the natural sway of life. And there are those of you in this room that just in the natural sway of life, your relationship with God is just drifted. Just drifted. No hard times, no trouble, no major deaths in your family. You didn't lose your job. All the kids are healthy, but you just stop praying. You just stop reading your Bible. And your relationship with God, without a storm, has just drifted. And, and, you, and there are those of you, you may look at your marriage and see what it was 10 years ago. And, say, and you ask yourself, has, has your marriage drifted? Or is it still on the coast where it needs to be? Has your relationship with God just drifted? Can you look at where you were and how much you loved God uh, five years ago, 
two years ago when you gave your life to God and say, I still love him that way? Or are you like the church in Revelation that God, uh, that Jesus said of, he said, you have left your first love. You left your first love. You used to love me more than you do. You don't have that gleam in your eye when you talk to me anymore. And he said, you, you have left your first love. He said, I would rather you just be cold. And the Bible says, hot or cold. Jesus said, I would, I would rather you just not talk to me than talk to me once a week. I would rather you not, it just got real quiet. I would rather you not pray to me at all than, 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 uh, than pray to me once a month. I would rather you not open your Bible. This is Jesus. I would rather you not open your Bible than only open it on Sunday mornings. And so there are those of us in this room, and it's happened to me, just without trouble. And I've talked a lot about trouble, but trouble isn't the only thing that's got me off track. Sometimes, even in good times, nothing to pray about and just, and just drifted, just drifted. And look back, and it's crazy because, if you, again, if you put something on the water, it'll just, if not anchored down, it will drift away. Whether that's a little small, a uh, little, uh, little baby toy, or whether it's a, a big, huge boat, it'll drift away. Anything on the water that's not anchored will drift away. Which is why Hebrews 6 and 19 talks about being anchored. Talks about being anchored. The Bible says that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And this is why, for those of you in this room, you may be here and maybe you just came because somebody invited you and you don't know the Lord. You haven't given your life to God. Why do you need God anyway? If you haven't given your life to God, why do I need God? I need him to anchor me. Anything that is on the water will drift. And no matter who you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how much you love the Lord, if if you don't have a relationship, an anchoring relationship with him, you will drift away. You will drift away. Just in the and, and that is almost mind-blowing for me, uh, dumbfounding for me, because it happens without a storm. It happens without trouble. It happens without death and hardship that even a good Christian will drift away. A good marriage, if not anchored down, will drift away. And if you're in this room and you feel like your marriage has drifted away, you feel like your relationship with God has drifted away, the only thing you need to do is anchor it. And the Bible says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Now, we need to know it's an anchor for the soul. God promised us that if we, that if we hitch ourselves to him, attach ourselves to him, God says, I promise I'll anchor your soul. You come close to me and attach yourself to me. That's why it's so important that you read your Bible and pray and spend that time in the Word and attach yourself to Him. Because God says, if you attach yourself to me, I'll anchor you. I'll anchor you. 
And I, but we need to be clear. It's, the Bible says, Hebrews 6 and 19, we have this hope. It is an anchor for the soul. God, ultimately, is an anchor for our soul. It doesn't mean that he'll anchor your finances. It doesn't mean that he'll anchor your kids. It doesn't mean that he'll anchor your job or anchor your career. But we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And it does mean that even if my finances drift, my peace doesn't have to drift. That even even when my kids drift, that I don't have to drift. My job can come and go. Friends walk away, but but I'm I'm still anchored. I'm still anchored. I haven't gone anywhere. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And no matter what you're going through, good or bad, there comes a point in your life where you have to dig your feet into the sand and say, devil, you're not, you're not, you're not pushing me anymore. I'm not going to let you push me anymore. I was talking to my wife about that this week, that even uh, you know, things happen and the devil ultimately he just wants to push you. He just wants to create separation between you and God. And at a certain point, the Bible says the kingdom suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. You reach a point where you say, devil, enough is enough. You've pushed me long enough. I'm tired of you uh, toying with my peace and toying with my joy. I, was, uh, I went, uh, speaking of Myra, uh, Myra and Jim, uh, they were going on vacation to uh, Myrtle Beach, and they were, they were there all week, and, and they invited, God bless them, they invited uh, Tessa and I to come down for a couple of days during that week that they were going to be down. They were going to be there all week, and they invited us to come for a few days during the week, and so we did. Um, this past summer, we did, and so we came down there, and I, uh, Artem and I, I don't know if you guys know Artem, Artem plays soccer for Whitenall High School, he's in here, there he is. Um, and so him and I are standing in the water, right? So we're standing in the water. Now I'm very careful. I don't, I don't, we're at the beach. This is the ocean, not the pool. So, <laughs> so we, I always approach it very carefully. And so we're going to water. I'm just, I'm just inching out like this. I'm just getting a little deeper in. It's, it's at my, it's at my ankles now. I'm just like, oh, okay. And I, I come out a little further. And so I eventually uh, came out. He went, he went ahead of me. He's not even saw that. He's, uh, but he went out ahead of me. I said, well, that made me feel better. Because I was like, well, if the shark comes, he'll get him first. <laughs> and so that gave me peace. I don't know why. It probably shouldn't have, but it gave me peace. Um, and so he's, he's going out, and so I'm coming out. And I was like, okay, well, the sharks had not come to, got, to get him. So. And so eventually we get to the point where we're, we're about waste high. And so uh, with nothing to do, uh, I forget how he worded it to me. Um, he said, let's try to not let the water move us. Okay. Uh, let's try not to let the water move us. And so all before that, it was just kind of, it was just, we're just moving like this and not even trying to. Like the water, when you're this in the ocean now, it's just, the water's just kind of it's, it's swaying you, okay? And you're swaying you and the water's, and I'm moving like this and not even, and I'm not, in, you know, I'm not like the temptations, but it's just, <laughs> the water was just doing that. And I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm standing there, but the water's doing this to me, 
The water's doing this to me. And so he, he said that, and I said, that's, that's stupid, that, you know, which, which it kind of was. But I said, well, that's too easy. That's, that'll be easy, you know, to stand there and not be moved by it. Uh, and so I just stood there. I just, I stood there, and I was like, all right, I'm not moving. And just, I still ended up. I was like, hold on a minute now. And, 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 and we dug our feet, both of us dug our feet into the sand. And the only way we would not be moved is by planting ourselves into the sand. Okay? And so the idea was, the wisdom behind it is that there has to be something, uh, that there was some part of us below the sand that could not be seen. Okay? So that all of us was not above it. Okay? All of us was not above it. And so in rooting ourselves, that we would enable ourselves to not be moved. And it worked. You know, just one foot at a time, just rooting ourselves into the sand. And we're able to stand because we were rooted. Against the push of the water, we were able to stand because we were rooted. And if you're going to stand, if you're not going to be pushed away by the, just the natural drift of life, you need to be rooted. The Bible says to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God wants for you to be unmovable. He wants you to be unmovable. There are those of you in this room, every time, uh, every time your temper uh, calls, you, you're moved by it. Every time hardship happens, you're, you're moved by it. Every time something that, that is adverse happens in your life, you're moved by it. And at a certain point in your relationship with God, you should reach a point where you say, devil, I'm tired of you pushing me around. I'm tired of you dictating to me how my day is going to go. Raise your hand if you ever, ever got tired of the devil pushing you around. And you never know how hard it is to stand against him. And that's why the Bible says, having done all to stand. There are some times when it is all you can do just to stand. The Bible says, stand there in Ephesians 6. It says, stand, just stand. In Psalms 1, one of my... My favorite verse, my favorite passage, Psalms 1, it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the water. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. It, it goes on to say, uh, talks about bringing uh, forth his fruit in his season, and everything will, that he does prospers in his season. But it all starts with being planted by the water. And so at some point, you have to plant yourself. To plant yourself. And the, oh, uh, the, the, the idea behind it, the idea behind being planted, the idea behind having roots is that when you have roots, there's a part of you, a part of your relationship, with, there's a part of you, a strength to you that cannot be seen. Okay? And so if all you do, if the only time you open your Bible is when you come to church, or the only time you have praise and worship at all is when we have praise and worship here. Or if the only time you pray is when we pray here. Then you don't, you don't have any strength that can't be seen. 
You don't have any roots. There has to be something going on that can't be seen. The Bible says that if you pray in secret, your heavenly father, which sees what you do in secret, will reward you openly. And so if you're not, if you're not, the question is, if you have roots, if you're wondering, because none of you in this room have uh, physical roots, that, that would be, that would be kind of scary. Uh, but if you're wondering, do I have roots? Is there any part to your relationship with God that everybody doesn't see? Is there any part to your relationship with God that everybody doesn't see? Do you ever pray at home? Do you ever wake up in the morning and, and, and before you go to work, before you get dressed or do whatever, and just give God, give God 10 minutes? You have to do that. That's the part of the tree, the strongest part of the tree nobody can see. The strongest part of the tree, the reason the tree is not moved when the wind blows is because of what you can't see. The leaves and the branches are all that nice, but when the storm comes, it's worthless. And you may and, and, and being gifted and being able to do all these different types of things, that's like having branches and, and leaves. All that's good, but when the storm comes, that's worthless. Your gift is worthless. To be gifted when life starts pushing up against you is worthless when the storm comes. You have to have roots. And there has to be a part to your relationship with God that cannot be seen. If the majority of uh, the, more, the majority of the time when you pray, if somebody's around, you don't have roots. If the only time you, you pray is when you bless your food, you don't have roots. And so the Bible says that he shall be like a tree planted by the water who, who has roots by the water. It has rooted itself by the water. Now, it is understood if you read your Bible that the water is God, that I have rooted myself and positioned myself close to God. And you show me any successful person, any successful person, I'll show you somebody, show me any successful person, somebody, whether in church or business or whatever, who has reached success, it is somebody who's planted themselves and and has said, I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick with this. I am planting myself right here and I'm not going anywhere. the, The temptation is when trouble comes and when adverse things uh, happen, the temptation is when it gets cold to fly south for the winter. That's what birds do. That's, a, that's, that's, that's uh, immaturity in a relationship with God to just, to just walk away from trouble, to always avoid adverse situations, to always run from discomfort. Uh, that's, that's, that's a childish thing, and that's what birds do. Birds fly south for the winter. It gets cold and they're out of here. And there are those of you in this room, you have that temptation. And we all have the temptation. We have to fight it. Uh, it gets cold in your marriage. The first thing you think of, I'm out of here. It gets cold on your job. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. It's warmer somewhere else. 
You have a little adversity with your, with your spouse. Oh, the first thing, oh, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm flying south. It's warmer somewhere else. But the tree in Psalms 1 that plants itself knows that it may be winter now. But if I just plant myself, spring is coming sooner or later. The Bible says that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't have to fly south for the winter. I can plant myself right here. And there are those of you in this room, you, you, you move too much. Every time adversity happens, you switch churches. Plant yourself. Every time you have trouble in a marriage or in a relationship, you fly south for the winter. Plant yourself. Plant yourself. Plant yourself. And it's, it knows that, that the tree, Psalms 1, it says, He shall bring forth his fruit in its season. The tree planted by the water knows that life is seasonal. And I'm going to bring forth my fruit in its season. There is no body that you can marry where it's spring all the time. And if you went to, if you found somebody and it's spring with them, it's not going to be spring for very long. Plant yourself on the job that you are with, the, with this church. Plant yourself with your family, with the opportunities that God has given you. Plant yourself. Plant yourself. The Bible says that without patience, it is impossible to get what God has for you. The Bible says that, uh, that the first thing it says, he works your patience. You, you'll never see God move in your life, do anything great in your life unless you have patience. Because without patience, you'll run when things are adverse. But the person who has patience and knows that life is seasonal, says, hey, it may be winter now, but it's not going to be winter forever. A good tree, and we've talked about this before, a good tree, when the winter comes, all the leaves fall off. All of them. And that's a good tree. And there's nothing wrong with the tree. And, and, and the tree doesn't need to be treated. But winter comes and everything falls off. And whether you're talking about business or just life in general or marriage or raising kids or whatever, there's going to be times when all the leaves fall off. The person that has this tree, that is a tree planted by the water, it says it'll bring forth its fruit in this season. It's not going to bring forth fruit all the time. It's not going to bring forth fruit all the time. And so if you know that you are in the right place and God has put you where you are, just be patient. You'll bring forth this fruit in this season. Let's pray.